Good morning. We're going to begin today by talking about the final two assignments in the course, the argument rebuttal speech assignment and then the personal reflection paper assignment. And I know that this has been on your minds because a number of you have written e emails. And so I thought I'd take a few minutes to go through the assignment sheet to talk about the evaluation rubric and to give you some tips and some tricks of the trade to approach these assignments. So let's start by thinking about the argument rebuttal speech assignment. This assignment requires you to select an article from any of the readings in the course that you disagree with, or several articles, right? You could say, well, there are a bunch of different articles, and they all have this same theme, and I'm going to disagree with this theme. So it's it's important that, it, that you be in opposition to the argument that you're identifying. So if you don't actually uh, disagree with it, you can just pick one that you're capable of refuting as if you disagreed with it. We're not going to kind of hold you to it to prove that you actually genuinely do believe that this argument is wrong. So your task is to prepare a speech that's no longer than eight minutes. So you've got to really summarize your opponent's arguments very rapidly. You've got to clearly identify your opponent's thesis and their primary arguments. You've got to state your own thesis in opposition to that of your opponent. Hopefully you'll preview the arguments you're going to go through. And then you've got to rebut or refute your opponent's argument. So this assignment places a premium on your ability to correctly and accurately summarize an opposing point of view, to fairly present that argument, to discern which central claims are the key to your opponent's argument, and then to understand the key pieces of evidence that those claims rest on. And then finally, it relies on your ability to advance a well-evidenced and well-supported argument in favor of your own side of the position. So yes, of course, you do need to cite outside evidence that can come from the class materials, but it can also be augmented or supplemented with things that you've selected from outside of the class. You can record your speech in any video format and upload it to the assignment link in Moodle. Note that if it goes over 100 megabytes, though, you're going to have to send me a link. And I prefer that you keep it under 100 megabytes. So uh, please try and stay within that limit. Don't record it on high quality video or try and compress it into a lower quality form. But I'm not really all that concerned with the quality of the video. So even if this involves you just setting your phone on something and speaking directly in front of it, right? You don't need to have your entire body present. All I need to see is your eye contact, your use of gestures, and so forth. And um, you'll be evaluated not at all about the production value of your upload. So again, don't fret about the quality of the audio. Those elements are totally unimportant. You will, however, be evaluated on the elements of your spoken delivery. So the types of things, uh, you should take a look at the rubric, uh, right? Log into the, the course Moodle page and take a look at the rubric, but you're evaluated on your organization, your use of language, your delivery, your presentation of supporting material, and your central message. Right. I, I have organization in there twice. I'm sorry about that. But um, that's the element that you're going to be uh, evaluated upon. Remember that your speech should be accompanied by a one page full sentence outline and an MLA formatted bibliography of sources that you prepared in uh, getting the speech ready. All right, now, um, let's see, let's quickly take an example. So if I were to think about this week's reading, right, let's say I disagreed with the characterization of Donald Trump's leadership style, according to that DISC 
matrix in this week's reading. Uh, I would correctly identify my opponent's thesis. I'd say, well, my opponent has identified Donald Trump as a strong D leader, and I'm going to disagree with that. I'm going to say Donald Trump is an ID leader. And of course, I would go through and I would define those. I'd identify the key pieces of evidence from the article that identify Don Donald Trump's leadership style. And then I would present my own evidence opposing that. So I would state my thesis in this speech. I'm going to prove that Donald Trump is actually an ID leader. And uh, in order to do that, I'm going to first define what an I category leader is. Then I'm going to define what a D category leader is. And then I'm going to present evidence from Donald Trump's term that proves he meets these criteria. That's really all that this speech involves. Um, I'll take other questions on this also, but um, after the jump, I'll talk about some tips for getting it ready. Let me say just a few words about the technical details of this assignment. So of course, it's an eight minute speech and there will be a timer on the video so I'll know uh, when you go over. <clears throat> Please try and stick to that eight minute guideline. That's a really important piece. And you can understand how it would be unfair for me to evaluate your speech if it was 20 minutes versus somebody else's speech that was only eight. Obviously, you could do a lot more in a 20 minute speech than an eight minute speech. And so one of the things this assignment is asking you to do is to think quickly and to summarize succinctly an opposing point of view and then to make your argument in a very direct and succinct manner. So please do stick to the eight minute time limit. The other thing I want to mention is I asked that you do a full sentence uh, outline and I was surprised in another class at how many students had never done an outline before. So maybe I should say a couple of words about that. So of course an outline should alternate between numbers and letters. So you should, if you start with Roman numeral one and then underneath that you could have A, B, C, then Roman numeral two, A and B, then Roman numeral three, A and B, etc. Right? That should alternate back and forth so that uh, if I start my outline with an A, capital A, and then I have a small a, it's going to be confusing when I say B, is that a small B or is that a capital B? Right? Your audience is listening to this, and so it's going to get messed up if you don't alternate between numbers and letters. Secondly, an, alt, uh, an uh, outline is a way of identifying principles of subordination and superordination. And so if I don't have an A2 subpoint, I shouldn't identify an A1. That means that what I've called A1 is really just a part of an A. So if I have, uh, let's say, uh, problem, cause, solution, subpoint A is the problem. COVID-19 cases are rising in the United States, right? If I have underneath that subpoint one, COVID-19 cases are rising in the Midwest, I need to have a second point that says subpoint two, COVID-19 cases are also rising in the South. If I just stop with COVID-19 cases are rising in the Midwest, then what I really ought to do to make my outline correct is combine the notion of A and the notion of A that I've identified as small one into one central idea that's just A. Because again, remember, there is no A2. So going back to my example, if my statement in A is COVID-19 cases are rising in the United States and my sub one is they're rising in the Midwest, but I don't have a sub two, I ought to reword that and say sub point A, COVID-19 cases are rising in the Midwestern portion of the United States, right? There's no sub delineation. If they're not rising anywhere else in the country, then there's no reason for me to designate the Midwest as a particular place that they're rising.
Of course, an outline is an easy way of seeing relationships among items. So again, problem, cause, solution, that's one way to think of it. I could think about cause and effect. I could think about it chronologically. Uh, however you choose to do it, right? You're the one who's kind of in charge of the content of your speech. I don't have particular feelings about that, but it is important that the audience be able to follow the sequence of your arguments logically in an outline form. I'll try and post an example of an outline as I post this audio guide, just so you can take a look at what a full sentence outline looks like. But again, I was a little bit surprised that that was something that uh, hadn't appeared. And then the other thing I require is an MLA formatted bibliography of the sources that you've consulted in preparing your speech. So this is your works cited page. And uh, the, if you want to know how to do that properly in MLA form, you can go to the library's website and on the library's homepage, they have a section called Cite My Sources. And underneath that, you can select MLA and they've got examples. Here's how I cite a journal article. Here's how I cite a newspaper article. This is how I cite a blog. Here's how I cite a radio broadcast or a film. So whatever the element of evidence that you're employing, all of your evidence should be cited on your bibliography. And again, that's something that I'll expect up here in MLA form. And unfortunately on the rubric, I have put, put organization down twice. The second organization, that's my mistake, and I, I can't unlink that rubric from the assignment, but the second flavor of organization is actually not organization. It is uh, congruence with these technical aspects of the assignment. And so that's the place where things like your outline form and things like your bibliography form will be noted in terms of your point total. All right, that's everything. Thanks very much. All right, let me give you a few tips uh, to think about getting ready for an oral presentation. So one of the key things that you're going to be evaluated on is the, the quality of your oral presentation. And so composition is the place that I would start. You don't have to manuscript this speech. It can be extemporaneous. I'm not expecting that it be flawless. So don't worry if you make a few mistakes or if you stumble over your words. However, it is important for you to have thought the speech through th thematically. And so uh, when I evaluate the speech. I'm going to be taking notes of what you're saying. I'm going to be kind of following along and I'll be looking for gaps in your argument. That's really the most important piece. Obviously, the more you practice the speech, the more confident and articulate you're going to become. So that'll help you work on things like uh, stop and goes to get rid of vocal fillers or spoonerisms or vocal misstatements, right? Since you're uploading the speech, you can practice this until you more or less get it right. So don't work for perfection, but if you stumble, feel free to stop the speech and start over again and just upload a different version of it. What are some of the types of things that people usually have trouble with? Think about your tone, pitch, and rate. That's important. Think about vocal variety, right? Am I always using the same types of phrasing? That's something I probably would want to avoid. Think about your uh, level of comfort with the material. So one of the places where people often go wrong in giving a public speech is they haven't thought through the arrangement of their material or they're not fluent enough in their material. So they stumble around when they're giving the actual speech. Now, some people have asked, can I use note cards? Yes, of course. You can use note cards. You can use written prepared materials. Again, remember, I know you're not delivering the speech for an audience, unless it's maybe your friends or your roommate or your parents. 
But I'm not expecting that you go through uh, all kinds of uh, speaking mechanics exercises. So think about eye contact and gesticulation and how to work the room. I'm not concerned about any of those elements. I'm mostly thinking about the degree to which your vocal delivery of the speech is well done and the degree to which the speech content is meeting with the requirements of the assignment and is articulate as you've outlined it in your thesis. Um, those are really most of the major things. Again, don't make too much of the speech. Take a look at the requirements on the rubric. Those are the types of things you're going to be evaluated on. Practice the speech. If you have speech anxiety, the more you practice something, the easier that becomes for you. So oftentimes when people say, I'm anxious giving a public speech, remember, it's really not a public speech. It's simply you recording yourself talking. And a lot of that anxiety will go away if you practice the speech several times and you Again, it's a fairly low stakes exercise in the grand scheme of things. Well, that's, uh, that's a guide to preparing the argument rebuttal speeches. I'm going to do a separate podcast on writing the final reflection paper. Thanks very much. Mm -hmm.